0: Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan.
1: I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin.
0: And today we are going to be talking about the 1986 film, Labyrinth. But before we get into that, we got some business to take care of. Um, so news broke this afternoon, right before we went live, that um, Norm MacDonald has passed away. Um I have the story here on my phone. He he evidently passed away at the age of 61 after a nine-year uh, battle with cancer. Wow. Yeah. Um, you guys just read the headline, didn't you?
1: No, I actually I read more. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I found out. Um,
0: yeah, so Norm McDonald's one of those guys. He was the SNL uh, Weekend Report anchor. Like, right when I was starting to be aware of what SNL was. Um, For me, uh, he was always one of those guys that whenever you heard his voice in anything, you knew who it was and you knew what kind of character you were going to get. Does anything stand out for you guys from Norm MacDonald's career that you remember him from?
1: Uh, I mean, mine are really easy. I mean, first he is uh, forever in my mind, Turd Ferguson. Yeah, <laughs> like it just I, I don't know. That's always what I think of first. And the other one is he had a brief and weird stint on the Fairly Odd Parents he as d- another genie.
0: He did, yeah. Well, he was the he was the genie to their Fairly Odd par- f- Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah, exactly. Like he um, was
1: like he was like their genie. I think.
0: Yeah, he showed up. Uh, on there Um, Ryan how about you anything from I mean
2: I I remember him doing the news anchor thing
1: Mm.
2: on SNL but I I know him more for uh, I I know him more for doing the voiceovers and doing like the the voice character acting than -hmm. anything else um but yeah, he was he was just one of those guys you would like see in the like see in the background of things and like you know, uh he would just pop up randomly. I mean I mean I really loved his humor, and in fact I didn't have the heart to go through with it, but I wanted to try to get you, Alan, <laughs> to believe that my favorite thing of him was uh, Treasure Hound. Where he was the voice of like a Jack Russell Terrier for like a kid's movie that's got like a three point seven online, because I know that he would love somebody doing that, but <laughs> I just, I couldn't.
1: <laughs> I was waiting for it too because Ryan told yeah. me about it. I was like, "Here it comes." Yeah, yeah.
2: I'm, like, I'm sorry, Fine. but it's it's one of those things where it's like it was funny when I thought about it, but then I started talking. I'm like, I, I can't do it. But the man's I'll dead, Ryan. Still. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but he would appreciate it, though. You know what too I mean? Soon. Like he would definitely, uh, he would definitely, his the reason why I liked a sense of humor was because he would appreciate someone lying their ass off about loving some dumb kids movie that he did, (laughs) you know, like that, like, like that, that, that was a sense of humor.
0: Yeah. Uh, and he, he did a lot of like, he did the gambit. Like we already talked about like that kids movie that you're mentioning. And, Mm -hmm. um, Devin mentioned The Fear of the Parents. I know him from the Dr. Doolittle movies because he plays the dog in the Eddie Murphy Dr. Yep. Uh Evidently, they made good. six of those, five or six of those, and he's in all of them as the dog. So Eddie Murphy said, Eddie Murphy said no to three on, but Norm MacDonald and Kayla Pratt uh, did all of them. So good for them. Um he's known on IMDb for Billy Madison, The Animal, Dirty Work. Uh I remember the Norm show was on or I think it was just called Norm was on mm-hmm. like after the Drew Carey show for a bit there on ABC. Um so really big loss. Uh so I just wanted to we just wanted to pay tribute to him here at the beginning of the show. Um Yeah. But yeah. Um So moving on from that uh, have mm. you guys watched anything in the last week?
1: I watched nothing, by the way. I don't know what I do with my life, well, but every time you ask if I watch something, I'm like, did I just sit for a week?
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, you, well, you're busy. I, I, I take it. Um, yeah. You, you do have something coming up here in a few weeks. Yeah, it's, it's um, taking a lot of that time we, that we haven't really talked about much on the show. But you're getting oh, married. You're getting married here soon. I am. So.
1: I am. I'm so excited. It's gonna be uh, the first first week, first week in October, uh, and it's gonna be in Paris. There's a lot to arrange. Yeah. Um,
0: okay. Yeah. Sadly, Ryan and I won't be able to make it. We have a podcast to do. So. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so guys, right, guys, I'll live stream it yeah. for our Twitch channel.
0: Yeah. Ooh, wait. well, friend of the show, Chad's gonna be there. So
1: friend of the show, Chad will be there.
0: So maybe we'll have him do that. Oh, uh, that'd be cool uh Ryan it, how about you? have you watched anything?
1: i watched malignant
2: if i if I'm pronouncing that movie name right I think you um, are Maleficent. yeah malignant like uh like um but no i'm not I'm not going there anyway like, like um a like a duma yeah <laughs> uh so it's considered a horror slash thriller which I feel like it lives up to that um you remember how I had you guys watch? Uh, what was the the one with the uh, the Jewish exorcism? I can never remember yes. the name of it. Yes, yeah. yes, yes.
1: Uh, what was it called?
2: And you know how you guys were saying how, like, it's kind of more of a fun movie that just happens to be a little scary? You know yeah. how we kind of landed on that, like, description of it? Like, it's a fun movie, it just happens to be kind of a horror film.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: That's how this movie is, but it's a ton of fun. <laughs> <It's a> ton- <laughs> I, I- I don't know how else to describe it. It is fun. It is painfully obviously obvious with what like the 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 whole twist is. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kristen and I saw it happening like a mile away. But it's got like a creepy insane asylum. It's got somebody who doesn't know exactly what's going on in their own head. Um, it's got family issues in it. And it's just, it's got everything you'd want, almost everything you'd want in, like, a horror movie. Um, yeah. But it also has kind of, like, enough ridiculousness in it after it gives you the twist to keep you watching because you're like, oh, no, that's just fun to watch.
1: <laughs> well, it's, I, I'm looking, it's directed by James Wan, and, like, he's good. He, yeah. I mean, he's Yeah.
2: There's also a lot of videotography is that the right
0: cinematography
2: yeah there's a lot Yeah, there's a lot of that in it that is actually really cool like there's a lot of really cool camera shots in this enough for me Uh to sit you know and watch this movie and go oh alan's gonna love this scene or devin's gonna really like that or oh oh you know both the guys are really gonna like this one like they do things with 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 the camera with angles and camera movement and following the characters occasionally. That's just really cool.
1: Like this wasn't on my radar before, but it might have to be now.
2: Like it is like I'll put it to you this way. If either one of you guys were like really, really big horror fans, I'd mm-hmm. I'd be like, Yeah, don't you're not don't really, you know, take it, you know, too serious. Yeah. But knowing how both of you are when it comes to horror, I think you guys will enjoy it for what it is.
1: Good. Did you watch it in theaters, Ryan? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> we was we it, watched this at home. We watched Was this. it HBO Max? Yeah. Okay, cool. That's how I'm gonna watch it then.
2: Yeah, no, it's now it is almost two hours long. Um, so at a certain point, Kirsten and I we kind of looked at each other and said there's 40 minutes left to this. What else do they have to do? It's all wrapped up now. No, it wasn't all wrapped up. It wasn't all <laughs> The up. twist happened 10 minutes in. We could. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's so fun, it. Though. I t- um. I totally recommend it. If you are a serious horror fan, it's not a serious horror movie, or that's not how the director wanted it to be, or mm-hmm. the director missed the mark on what he wanted it to be. But it's just fun.
1: Got it. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm excited to watch it now because I think you've sold me on
0: it. I might check it out. I've been I've been looking for something to watch because my wife and I finished Ted Lasso, so now now we're caught up to the point where we have to wait for (laughs) new episodes.
2: Yeah. Aww. Um, Gotcha. But yeah, it's also on Tubi. Hmm? Sorry. It's on. It's also on Tubi too. Yeah, it's on Tubi. What is Tubi? It's one of those like free streaming apps you can download. And it's oh, got like, cool. it shouldn't it's be got on like,
0: Tubi. that's weird. I, well, it's then a... <laughs> Google made a mistake. Yeah. Then
2: Google probably made a mistake, yeah. but it's saying it's on Tubi.
0: Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I, I would say it's not on Tubi because it's one of those Warner Brothers th- in theaters and HBO Max things. If it's on oh. Tubi, then it's, if it's on Tubi, then I don't know what Warner Brothers strategy is. <laughs> <laughs> Do
1: they
2: have one? Uh, It's, it's on Tubi. No, no, this isn't that movie. That's, it's a different movie of the same name. Oh, uh,
1: that's annoying. I hate those.
2: It's a different movie of the same name that was made in 2019.
1: Google's we'll get getting into confused. that later. <laughs> different movies with similar names. All right.
0: Right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that that's our cue to um, get into today's main topic, which is Labyrinth, starring David Bowie uh, and Jennifer Conley, directed by Jim Henson himself. Uh, This this film was released in 1986 and is celebrating its 35th anniversary uh, this year. When was it released? Uh, June 27th. So I don't know why they had the 35th anniversary screenings this weekend, but they did. So, we're celebrating it now. Um, <laughs> so, this is, uh, like I said, a Jim Henson film. Uh, this is one of my wife's favorite. I, I think this is my wife's favorite movie of all time. So, I got to be careful oh, wow. what I say about it on the podcast. It's on the world. <laughs> um, luckily, she can't hear what Devin has to say because I don't think... I have a feeling which way this is going to go. Um, okay. But she might listen to this later, too. So... Uh, my introduction to this movie though was not my wife. It was my cousin. She loved this movie. Every time we went out to visit, I remember watching this and I, I was like, I, I, I don't get it. Like, I just didn't, (laughs) didn't care enough to like actually pay attention to it. But since I've watched it, like probably once a year with my wife, I've grown to have an appreciation for it, especially Mm -hmm. David Bowie, the late David Bowie. Um, and all of the puppeteering stuff that I've learned more about through documentaries and um, like just behind the scenes stuff, um, I really, I really appreciate what they do with this film. Ryan, what's your history with Labyrinth?
2: Well, I was introduced to Labyrinth by my first grade teacher. I forget her name, um, but I saw this movie probably three times every school year. Uh, starting in first grade going forward, because I always had some teacher who would play this whenever we weren't doing anything. So (laughs) from first grade all the way to graduating high school, there was some teacher every school year that played this. And I remember liking it right from the get go, uh, mainly because like I, I watched the dark crystal when I was very young. So I have an appreciation for weird uh, Muppet movies. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, as I've gotten older, uh I still watch it and it's one of Kristen's favorite movies. So, you know, we get the whole thing where we watch it at least maybe once or twice a year. Um an appreciation for the music as I've gotten older and appreciation just for like the puppetry too. Um but yeah, this is it's a pleasant movie for me.
0: Devin, that brings us to you. This is this is your first the whole this is supposed to be your week for the show but when you revealed that you hadn't seen this and I was going to the theater to see it, uh, we changed things around and now we're here. What did you think <laughs> of Labyrinth?
1: I love aspects of this movie. I think the amount of creativity on display in this movie is amazing. And it, like, you know, it, the plot of girl goes in Labyrinth, girl has to get, get to end of Labyrinth. I was like, Okay, this movie's an hour 45. That seems like a concept that's good for, what, 20 minutes? And then it's just going to turn into, like, look at the weird things she sees. But it does such a good job of keeping that constantly entertaining and constantly upping the ante on the weird, wonderful, and interesting things she sees that I was on board for the whole ride. Um, I think my biggest problem with it, and I did want to talk about it, is anything, anything David Bowie. Anything. Except for his inclusion in the movie. Because I was sitting there thinking, who is the best actor to act alongside of Muppets? And my first one, my first thought was Tim Curry. And I go, I'll get to him later. And then my second one was David Bowie, I guess. Uh, So he acts well along with the Muppets. I don't know that I really understood his character. I don't remember a single song. I couldn't sing any of the songs to you uh, at all. And I, I guess I, I did want to talk about the music with you guys at some point because, in my mind, for such a strong, creative, you know, interesting movie, every time the songs actually happened, I just went, "Are we good? Are we done? Did we did we David Bowie enough to afford his paycheck?" Okay, so that was it.
0: All right. Um. Well, funny that you bring up uh, David Bowie from the get go. Uh, <laughs> he uh was not the only singer considered for this role um Michael Jackson, Prince and Mick Jagger were all considered and Jim Henson preferred Sting for the oh. role <laughs> um until his kids convinced him that David Bowie um would be best suited for it so
1: I can see it I can definitely see it I think otherwise it would turn like I think Michael Jackson would have been too much. I think Sting would have been too, I'm Sting, <laughs> about the whole thing. Like, he wouldn't have taken his, like, as because you can tell David Bowie is, like, acting. Like, he is doing it in this movie. Yeah, like, and
0: even in 1986, Mick Jagger was just too old. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so you, you said none of the musical numbers really stood out to you?
1: i think at one point they go david bowie says dance the magic dance
2: dance magic dance yeah i
1: think that's i think that's all of it i couldn't name another song i know that the background music in this every background riff sounds like the opening to another song so there were like five times in the movie i'm like jennifer conley gets a song and then she just like fit like finished walking down the hallway and it never happened. Jennifer
0: Connelly doesn't get a song in a David Bowie movie. Sorry. No, of
1: course she doesn't. No, no, but no, it, it, yeah, I, I I can't remember any of the other songs. I don't know why. Like, I I think it especially bothered me in like the, the Escher stairway sequence when like, she was like, I got to get my brother. This room is so weird. And then the whole time David Bowie's face is just like to the left of the screen and I don't know what emotion he's singing about, but I was like, I don't know what's happening. This is like, that was the weird part for me. Not any of the weird visuals, but just like, I guess we're forcing a Bowie song in this scene now.
2: I don't see it as forcing a Bowie song. I see it as just being a Jim Henson 80s movie. And, <laughs> well, okay, and so, that's a trope.
1: That's a trope. Well, and that's well, the thing that you guys need to keep in mind is I don't know Henson 80s movies. You guys are slowly introducing me to them. So like... I never grew up with Muppets. I'm just learning about Muppets now as a 31-year-old. And, I mean, they're wonderful, and I like them, and I like how clever they all are.
0: Were you expecting Kermit the Frog to show up in this at some point?
1: (laughs) No, but they had the orange things that were basically Kermit.
0: One of them was actually voiced by Elmo. Really? Yeah. um, The uh, actor Kevin Clash, who no longer does Elmo... Because he got in trouble a few years ago for stuff, uh, they, oh. they did a whole documentary about him before all that news broke, uh, and they oh, wow. deep dove into that. That was like one of his first mm-hmm. big projects with the Henson Studio. Was oh, that's do, cool. Um, I like that. That that number with the the red guys.
1: Oh yeah. So, I if we're talking about number with the red guys, I do want to say some of the movie was weird. Some of the movie was interesting. That scene made me genuinely uncomfortable. I don't know what it was about it, but maybe it was like the way the red guys were moving, or like the song that they were singing that I don't think I fully understood and could not sing a single note of it back to you now. But like it, ge- like it generally like gave me creeps.
2: Well, I when I was younger, that was the one part of this movie that kind of creeped me out myself. Um, did yeah. you watch this with subtitles on or no? Because I know you do just, just occasionally.
1: Here's what kills me: I did. I watched it on Netflix over here with subtitles on, and every time a song happened, the subtitles went away.
2: Yeah. So when I watched it, it didn't go away. So oh, good. So it was a Buick music in the U.S. on Netflix actually shows the lyrics. Oh, um, good. Okay. Because that might be a British thing. I don't know. It might be. Um, but they're pretty much talking about doing like a fire dance and like it's just oh. about them like just living free and doing what they want to do because they live in the woods and they like the light fires um <laughs> but i feel like part of the like un- uh, un- uneasiness is it uh uneasiness of it is the fact that that's um that's mid-80s blue screen At the same time. So like even her, like if you watch that scene, you can tell that she's walking in front of a blue screen and they're doing their thing. And I feel like they're trying to overlap three different things on film. And so just looking at it visually looks weird.
0: Yeah. That's one scene. So my wife owns this movie on, I'm pretty sure she has it on VHS somewhere. She had it on DVD twice Blu-ray once and then I five years ago I bought her the thirtieth anniversary edition of Labyrinth Aww. on Blu-ray. Uh and every every time we watch this movie, that scene looks rough because there was so much going on there. They were so ahead of their time technology-wise. Mm-hmm. They they were so ambitious with it that even today you can still see the flaws in it. But like I mentioned, I don't think I actually addressed this up front. I went to see this on the big screen for the first time this weekend as part of the uh, 35th anniversary event uh, with Fathom events. It looked phenomenal on the big screen. Like, I don't know if it was another cut of the film that they did, but you could not see the seams anywhere. You could not see, like, any of those little issues at all on, on the big screen.
1: That's how was the overall experience seeing it in big
0: screen? I, I got a little panicked at first because we went with friend of the show, Chad. <gasps> and so at the beginning they showed a uh, documentary, like uh, just talking about the history of the, the, the creatures in the, in the film and how they're preserving them at the Mupp- the museum of Muppetry in Atlanta. Okay. And the documentary ends and Chad leans over to me. He's just like, well, that was quick. It's time to go, and I was like, "Oh God!" It, g- it gave me it gave me flashbacks to when we saw The Hobbit in theaters with with Chad, and you both know Chad, and you know how big yeah. of a Tolkien nut he is. Yeah. He was so giddy that day. Like I was like, "I can't deal with this again." Like, um, but no, it was good. Like at one point when the uh, when the owl's flying in the beginning. Uh, My Mm -hmm. wife started to tear up because she'd never thought she'd see this movie on the big screen. So it was just, it was really nice to just have it, have her there uh, to see it. Um, And uh, I I may have dozed off a few times, but because of the, not because of the movie itself, just because of the day before and everything. I was just tired and was trying not to, but it, it just happened. Um, Yeah.
1: I mean, were you, was it the the one in Carlisle with the nice seats? No,
0: it was uh, not that one. It was an AMC. So Oh, got it. The one out by Dave and Buster's. So beforehand, Chad and I went to Dave and Buster's. Nice. So
1: that sounds like a a really cool experience, though, seeing getting to see it on like the big screen. So I feel like I did the movie a bit of a disservice, like watching it like, you know, in my living room like while eating dinner and then like just afterwards and stuff like I feel like it it needs that like kind of grandiose like scope to it it, it
0: definitely it definitely uh adds something to it especially like being in a theater with people who obviously grew up this movie because yeah. we were probably the youngest people there <laughs> um but yeah it was it was a great experience and uh they're doing the Transformers movie. Cause I guess that's also having its 35th anniversary and they showed the trailer for that. I leaned over the Chad just to give him a taste of his own medicine. I was like, you think Shia LaBeouf's in that one? <laughs>
1: Good. So Ryan, I, when we were talking about music, it seemed like yeah. you didn't agree with my like take on the music. Do you like the music in this? And like, I've are you a that- Bowie fan? Which is a big question for me. I do like David Bowie. Okay. Um I could do with a little bit of a less codpiece
2: personally. Um
0: let me tell you, on the big screen. <laughs> I just I'm just glad it wasn't a 3D sc- screening. So I'm oh, getting gosh. poked in the eye. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um need safety glasses underneath those 3D glasses. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to music and movies, I actually appreciate when The actual score of a film sounds more like, I guess, like rock music to a point, like Mm -hmm. less orchestra, more like band, you know, type. So whenever I was hearing like the music, I never thought there was going to be like a song starting even 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 when I was younger. But like it's a Muppet movie. It it, I, I shouldn't say Muppet. It's a Jim Henson movie. It's in the mid 80s quasi-musicals is is just part of that thing it's part of that niche so Mm -hmm. whenever there was a song like like the one that he's singing after she eats the peach that makes her forget what she's doing and she's in like the party or whatever Mm -hmm. um like those are just straight up david bowie songs and i'm pretty sure that if it it was michael jackson that Mm -hmm. the songs would be more poppy oh yeah than what these were so they just matched the music to match him Mm -hmm. so i don't feel like they were like forcing the whole david bowie thing i just think that they wanted to stick with music that they know he's good at
1: god and if it makes you feel better by the way i found out that this movie was a musical three seconds before the movie started because Romano looked it up and went this movie is a musical? And I went, <laughs> oh, I guess it's a musical. Here's that's So to let you know, that was part of the mindset that I went into because I knew nothing about this movie, including that, I mean, I should have guessed David Bowie sang, but I didn't know that David Bowie sang. Also, up until pressing play on this movie, I'm going to say, Romana thought we were watching Pan's Labyrinth. Because... I asked her. I said, "Well, do you want to?" I'm watching Labyrinth for this movie or for the week, movie of the week this week. Do you want to watch it with me? She goes, "Oh, yeah, I really want to watch that." I go, "Wow, great! I'm glad you're enthusiastic about this." And she was quite disappointed to find out that this was not the Guillermo del Toro film. So, both we I mean, us were completely unaware of this movie. I mean,
0: the firings do that thing with their with the eyeballs in their hands. So, I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's almost the same thing.
0: Real quick, I just want to point out you. Ryan, you do know that David Bowie wrote the songs for this, right?
1: Yeah, oh, no,
2: really? but it makes sense. Yeah, I right. mean, yeah, I mean, it fits. Yeah, he
0: wrote all of the songs for it with. Um, I just had this. I just had the page up. Uh, Arif Mardin. I don't know. You know.
2: I I think your wife might have mentioned it one or two times when we used to talk about this. Yeah, but. I just yeah, I probably forgot. Yeah. But, so I, did, mean, I mean, that the, makes sense
0: because he he wrote the song, so he was very involved in the uh, production process of this with Jim Henson and George Lucas. Um, mm-hmm.
2: I would have said maybe I would say maybe he didn't have any you know input on 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 the wardrobe, but then our but then I remembered it's David Bowie and Ziggy Stardust, and that's probably what he wanted to wear. So I'm just gonna. He probably wore that every day in the 80s. He just rolled out of bed and put on those pants and went grocery shopping.
1: (laughs) I loved all of his costume changes, by the
0: way. Uh, Devin, did you notice who wrote the screenplay for this?
1: I didn't. Who wrote the screenplay? Terry
0: Jones from Monty Python. Really? Yes. Oh, that's cool. So this is a weird amalgamation of everything 80s. So you've got Jim Henson, you've got George Lucas, you've got David Bowie, and you've got uh, uh, Terry Jones.
1: Yeah, that is really, I mean, here's the thing is is you can kind of tell, though. Like, because there are so many, like, good elements of this movie. And I feel bad for focusing on the one part that I didn't like because there's so much in it that I do like. Like, I love all of the puppetry. I love, like, how unique a lot of the the scenes are. Like, the part that made me go, oh, I really appreciate this, are the hands that would, like, come together to make the faces. I thought that was so cool.
0: Yeah. It, it really says a lot for uh, Jim Henson's creativity outside of the Muppets. Like, mm-hmm. um I would love to have seen what else you would have done going forward outside of Kermit and Miss Piggy, uh, based on this. I've never seen Dark Dark Crystal, um, but I know there's been a continuation of that on Netflix, which I have Ryan, have you seen that?
2: Um, I saw the first episode, I liked it, I just never got to the point of watching any more of okay. it. Okay.
1: I confuse these two if it makes you feel better. Oh, yeah. Because halfway through, it was like, when do the bird things show up? And uh, I'm Romano's going, like, that's a different thing.
2: I'm going to let that pass. <laughs> I'm going to let that, I'm going, no, I'm not going to get mad because like I said, I'm, I'm going to let that pass for now because you <laughs> didn't even know about this movie or what it was about. So no. that that's,
1: Okay, I'm so writing it's... Dark
2: Crystal down on my list, so good, it, it'll come up.
1: So here's something that I'm really genuinely curious about. What is the deal with David Bowie's character in this? Because there were a few times, like, what is his motivation? Because I know that, like, Jennifer Connelly, I guess, in the beginning was just, like, supposing if there's a Troll King, I would just have to say magic words and he would come take it away. So, like, my guess is she didn't know about the Troll King before, and then, like, she did, said the right things. He came, took the baby, and she's like, I regret it. And then he's like, it's my kid now, but also I might love you. But it's my kid now. And then, like, she said, "Uh, you have no power over me. And he's like, okay, we're good. And, like, I just, I I guess I didn't, it's my first watch. I was trying real hard to get the songs, and I didn't get the songs. So, like, if anyone could, like, explain to me what was going on with him.
0: Ryan, you want to take a stab at it?
1: (laughs) Okay, so she
2: says at the beginning that the Goblin King has been watching her because he's fallen in love with her. And that that he will grant her whatever wish she wants if 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 she says, you know, this certain thing and she's making it and she says it three times or she says it takes her three attempts. And that's why the trolls are in the, you know, on the other side of the mirror holding their breath. I like that. Um, That was cool. So, the Goblin King, being David Bowie, who was born in 1947, has fallen in love with the the, the actress in this that was born in 1980. Um Eight. So, and, and the way that I get around that is the fact that he he's a fictional character, he's the Goblin King, it's oh. David Bowie, so they're probably making it that he's, like, ageless or something, which I guess that throws that whole book out the window.
1: Now, <laughs> hold on, hold on, though. So, you are you were doing something that I didn't know the movie was doing. And you were saying that when Jennifer Connelly says the troll king or goblin king f- fell in love with me, I thought she was just really into the book she was reading and was just like, 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 it was like me when I was 12 and I would just keep doing this with my hand to see if webbing would come out. Cause maybe one day it would like, that's how I took her in the beginning of this movie where she's just like, I love this book called Labyrinth, the Goblin King. I want to talk to my baby like that, like, or someone else's baby like that. Like, I didn't know that she knew about all of that up until this point.
2: Well, the way that I took that was, Mm. first off, I've never really cared to look at the book she was reading. So I had no idea that the book she was reading was called The Labyrinth. Oh, sure. So it could be that she is, you know, that she really likes the Goblin King in the book Mm. and she would want the Goblin King to fall in love with her. Until she actually meets the Goblin King. And then she realizes, I don't really like David Bowie that much. And she <laughs> realizes, I... <laughs> um, but that's what she says, and that's what his motivation is. And so that should kind of put into context that song that he's singing when they're at that ball, and she throws the chair at the mirror.
1: What song does he sing? I can't remember even a single word. And not because he's, I'm being a jerk about this.
2: It's He's basically... It's like eyes, like lovers' eyes, or something like that, or oh, kind of okay. like seeing someone across a party or something. I, yeah, because I, I, I saw what the lyrics on screen. Like it's all kind yeah. of literal. So like it's him trying to get to her at a party, and he can't because mm-hmm. there's so many people in the way. Type Got deal, it. but that puts that song more into context. Mm-hmm. Which again, fictional character, the girl's 16 years old. Sure, if she whatever. if she likes the character, it's whatever. Um yeah. But that's where his motivation's coming from. He okay. wants to do something for her to show his love for her.
1: And he thinks it's at first taking the baby because she asked for it. Yeah. And then it's, you know, just slowly getting frustrated that she's getting closer and closer. I'm going to tell,
2: tell gonna. you, Coggle, if she kisses you, you're going to be the prince the the, the prince of stench.
0: <laughs> so um, He was jealous. I've got a different take on this, and I think this is the more... Ac- th- this is the intended... Uh, take on this. Um it's about it's a allegory for growing up. Um and she's fighting to protect her protect her innocent, innocence. Um so like Toby is like the stand in for like her um like like pretty much she's trying to she wants to grow up. She wants to mm-hmm. she like if Toby, if the baby is like her stand-in for virginity, uh, she wants uh-huh. she wants to be able to get past and grow up, but then she fights to protect it. So, it, um, hmm. I'm reading that I have this article here in front of me that uh, explains it a lot better than I just did. Um, well, that's interesting.
1: It makes me almost want to watch the movie again if it's all allegorical. Yeah. Because- I, I guess I was just taking too much literal or I was like, Alright, fine, this is gonna be a bit like Wizard of Oz. She's gonna wake up at the end she's like, It was all a dream and you were there, statue next to my mirror, and you were there, MC Escher painting on my wall. And like I thought that was what it was gonna be. Well,
0: and then if you look at very closely at her room, all of the creatures that she meets are like in are her there. stuffed animals. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, there is, there is a huge allegory thing going on here with uh maturity and growing up and um the older man trying to seduce take away her innocence um (laughs) and fighting yeah um which for 1986 is very ahead of its time right um but yeah so that's that's where the story's coming from uh in that that point of view
1: I like that take a lot because it makes it makes it like if you watched it I feel like at a certain time like especially if I was like you know an adolescent or just growing up like that would have hit home with me a lot more I think because like yeah. right now the only thing rapidly approaching at the end of my labyrinth is an AARP membership and I don't want it.
0: You know you can get that now.
1: No can yeah. I? Yeah. What? Yeah you can no. s- you,
0: you can join AARP whenever.
1: <laughs> no thanks. I want it for free when I'm supposed to.
0: Oh, it I I don't think it costs much. Like I think it's like ten dollars for a lifetime membership or something.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, it's not
2: just a free thing that like you turn fifty five and like here's your card. It doesn't work. That's that that's way.
1: literally what I thought it was. By the way, it's, I'm not I'm not joking not, or trying to be funny. I thought you turned fifty five and it came in the mail. No, no, no. Well, not not when
0: not when you live in Britain anyway. Like, I mean, yeah, that's true. All right, uh, twelve dollars for the first year.
1: Wow, that's almost—they're giving it away. I,
0: I joke that I'm gonna—that's what I'm gonna get my wife her, for her for uh, Christmas <laughs> is just a AARP membership. That's
1: so mean.
2: I mean, Kristen and I have the uh, have the uh, pre AARP thing going because we've been AAA members for God almost seventeen years now. Wow. Like is- I had one. Like when I became, I got a AAA membership when I started driving, even before, and
1: and the same thing with her. <laughs> That's impressive. It, I don't, it, I think it's the longest
0: I've heard that. It's only sixty three dollars for a twelve year membership, or five year membership.
1: Membership, it pays for itself. Yeah, we're losing money not getting it, guys. We, we, we are. Money.
0: We are. Uh, we are. You have to watch this podcast. Think Bar of all, all the body, discounted the Yeah. Yeah. All right, back to Labyrinth. Yeah, Um, right. So one thing, like we just touched on all of the animals being in her room and Mm -hmm. then like being in the Labyrinth. If that was your room and you were pulled into a Labyrinth, what kind of creatures or what characters would you have seen in the Labyrinth if you were pulled in? (laughs) Hold on, what, what age is this? Anywhere, now? anywhere from age eight to thirteen. Let's go thirteen. Okay, okay. For me, it'd be pretty much what I have now. So like <laughs> Power Rangers, Batman. Uh, I guess Small Soldiers. Um,
1: it basically would have been like like uh, Space Jam two. In your movie.
0: Kinda, yeah. Brought to you by Fox if if there was a space jam equivalent of Fox Kids, then yes, that's what it would be.
1: <laughs> Good. I oh, mean, for me it was this is such a dumb little fact about me. For the like most of my adolescence, I had a concrete statue of a dog uh in my room. It was supposed to be an outdoor decoration. I bought it and took it inside and had it in every room that I have or every room that I had from like 8 until basically 13 I don't know why I had it but that would have been a major
0: part of it do I remember this thing
1: he was in the basement
0: okay. you probably remember I vaguely in the corner of it. the basement Okay.
1: yeah he was in the corner of the basement uh, I also had uh, a Mickey Mouse plush the little sorcerer Mickey and I had a, a Mushu one too so it would have been those as well and okay. then I had a disembodied Vader helmet that was also piggy bank. So it would have been that too.
0: Brian?
2: Uh. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, this is going to be a really strange mixture. Uh. So. The original Ninja Turtles. Great. Okay. It would, like cars cars tanks airplanes micro machines hot wheel heaven i mean okay so Mm -hmm. turtles with cars and military vehicles with a cross section of just like athletes
0: (laughs) okay so baseball players so a little space jam type thing
2: (laughs) yeah so i mean it would have been a weird thing of having like I don't know. Cars would turn into people, and they would split off and have some type of weird sport thing going on between, like athletes and the Ninja Turtles playing against micro machines. I I don't know. I don't That's know.
1: Mad Max Fury Road, right? now. Pretty
2: much. I
1: mean, because Donatello <laughs> shouting, "Worship me!" Yeah, spraying Yo, pizza spraying flavored p- p- pizza spray based. paint. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, spraying pizza mixed on yep. his face. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, Alan, I wanted to know, what yes. is so, like, this is going to sound confrontational, and it's not meant to be. This is just genuine, like, I didn't grow up on this movie. What about this movie does Anna find so special, so precious? And then the same for you, uh, Ryan. Like, what what does your wife find so special and precious about Like, why do they love it so much?
0: I don't want to put words in my wife's mouth, but I'll do the best to, <laughs> to, to guess why. Labyrinth, why she loves labyrinth so much okay. uh i think it's just uh her happy place i think she sure. enjoys every aspect of the film the, the the characters um like i think she just fell in love with him at a lo- young age and enjoys them still to this day and it just puts her in her happy place sure yeah is that right, is that right? that's fair <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: Well done. Ryan, what about you? Uh,
2: When it comes to Kristen and I, we kind of grew up with this kind of the same way. Like, Mm -hmm. we both saw it in school. So our experience with it was, oh, a surprise day of no schoolwork to do. We just get to sit here and watch (laughs) a movie. So, I mean, it's that kind of like... It's a movie that brings about... That's always meant like a pause. You -hmm. know, like... Everything in life gets kind of stopped for a minute, and then this movie's part of that. Um. And then over the years, it's just gaining that appreciation for David Bowie's music, mm-hmm. and having that aspect of it. Um. Learn it, as I learn more about Jim Henson and the other stuff that he's done, appreciating the you know the artwork of mm-hmm. it, and it's kind of the same. Like it's not really. Like there are there are other movies that her and I would consider more of our happy place movies, mm-hmm. um, but this one's definitely like towing on that side of the fence.
1: Well, that makes sense then. So yeah, I can I can definitely see because the movie itself does have like a good like good very consistent tone and direction and like it does kind of make you feel like it's part like it's a very cohesive world that you're in even when like it kind of drastically changes from like you know, Oh, the dirty looking labyrinth to now it's the green labyrinth. It all is like very consistent in the way it's presented. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you have the fart labyrinth.
0: Yeah. I'm really, gra- <laughs> I'm really glad this wasn't presented in smell o vision.
1: Oh <laughs> gosh. Oh, I, I wish it, it was. That would have been
0: cool. I the mean, I've, of stench. I've got the card for it. I can tell you which one that was, was going to smell like. I still have that card. So <laughs> um, I didn't know they
1: made those.
0: Oh, Oh, not for labyrinth, just for that other movie. But I can give you, I if you want that experience, I'll, I'll send it to send it with uh, Chad for your wedding.
1: Yes, good. I
0: already gave him some stuff for you. So, well, one thing that you know about, he's awesome. probably he's probably playing with it right right now, and that's why he's not on the sh- like <laughs> on, in the chat.
1: I bet he is, knowing him.
0: Um, anything else labyrinth wise we want to talk about before we wrap this up?
1: I had one question for you guys. So yes, you guys have seen it already. Is there one effect, one monster, one puppet, one visual, anything that either a still gets you guys and you still find impressive despite having seen it over and over again, or like just one that's your favorite? Like you see, and you're like, yeah, it's that thing. For,
0: for me, it's the crystal ball the beginning with the hands. Oh yeah. I don't know if you could tell. That's not David Bowie doing it. There's a guy standing behind David Bo- You remember in Who's Lines Anyway where they would do the thing where uh, <laughs> <laughs> Colin Mager would be Ryan Stiles' arms? Yeah. That's pretty much what they did. They had a guy no. behind David Bowie do- who who's a juggler doing this. So he's doing it blind. And just the fact that you can do that blind and it looks so good on camera is amazing to me. Um, wow. But th- there's there's footage of it behind the scenes And they had to do it a a few times, but just knowing that bit of trivia, it's kind of like the um, the pink shorts guy doing the sound for Star Wars. Like,
1: oh, once you know that,
0: you know that once you once the uh, you know how that sausage is made, that that's all you think about when you (laughs) see that. So that whole scene, like I'm watching the ball and just realizing there's a guy like ducked down behind David Bowie. Um, Yeah,
1: that was well done. I had no idea.
0: Well, oh, there's yeah. so much to that costume, too. It's really easy to hide something like that. It's fair, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ryan, how right, about you? do you have a so, thing you
1: like?
2: I've got... So my favorite like animated character in this, or puppet character, is the worm at the beginning. Like, don't oh. go that way. Don't go that way. If she would have went that way, that if she would have went that way, she would have gone straight to the castle. <laughs> like, that whole <laughs> thing to me is hysterical. Um, and then that just the, the worm, cause he's so cute. Cause he's, he's wearing a scarf, like <laughs> it's a caterpillar wearing a scarf. I mean, you know, um, but my favorite moment in the movie is when she's putting the, uh, she's using her lipstick to put arrows on the, on the ground. Oh yeah. And the little miniature person like comes up and like flips it around and like yells at her. Mm. My, the reason, the reason why that's my favorite is I, I've watched this movie for years And I didn't realize until like maybe four years ago that, what that character is actually saying is really audible and he, it, it's real lines, it's not just gibberish. Oh. And I saw on the bottom, on the closed caption, at the very end, he says, Your mother's an art bark.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I got that one.
2: So, so that's my favorite line of the movie, believe it or not, is Your mother's an art bark, <laughs> like said in anger.
1: That's a good freaking line. <laughs> Mine, I guess, are more basic than that. So the first one is I really liked after the worm part where he was like, hey, you could just go that way. And she's like, where? It's a wall. He goes, no, that way. And, like, she, like, walks backwards and the wall isn't a wall. Like, that hurt my brain for a half a second watching it. I was like, what is she doing just going? So, like, that was really cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then I also really liked Door Robot. (laughs) where like the doors closed oh yeah robot and then robot (laughs) came he was awesome like that was such a cool effect
0: i think he's still and i might be wrong on this but he is still the largest puppet slash animatronic used for a feature film
1: wow how big was he like for real
0: i have no idea
1: because I mean, big. he. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, he looked like like it had I, to have been a big animatronic. I mean, I think
0: what you see on screen is what what he was. So wow. compared
2: to uh, compared to her, my favorite door thing are the door knockers. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> they they did a the documentary at the beginning talked a bit about the them being made out of uh out of foam and how they kept them restored and. Like the type, like how they made them, because they give them, like, to give them that bronze finish and like the real look of a door knocker uh, was tricky and like it's amazing. Like just the whole art of puppetry is baffling to me. Like the way they do, they make, they make some of this stuff is just amazing. Um, but yeah,
1: I have officially one incredibly Devin take on this. And I of just want to hear you guys. I want to hear you guys hate me for it. So I'm just gonna say I've been debating bringing it up all all podcast. So this came out three years after Empire Strikes Back. I looked. I feel like didn't it? Or am uh, I wrong? Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi. Okay, great. Yeah. So I had that. So anyway, as long as in my timeline, Yoda and the Wampa are things when this after this or before this movie came out, because two of the characters look like Yoda, or one of the characters looks a little bit like Yoda, and one of them looks like a bit like the Wampa, if Jim Henson went, I will not be outdone, and just decided to do that thing, but better. Uh, I genuinely got Yoda vibes from uh, main guy that they kept calling Hogwart. Hoggle? Hoggle, it. That that's it. You got Yoda vibes from Hoggle? It wasn't even just me. I was like... I was like he's a bit Yoda about a lot of this stuff that he's doing and Romano was like, I'm glad you said something and then she kept comparing him a bit more than I did but I definitely got vibes from from Hoggle. Well, is there something in the water in Britain? <laughs> well excuse you okay it's all tea in the taps here
0: <laughs> you 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 realize Yoda was designed by the same people who designed all of the all of this stuff right?
1: Well, absolutely. Well, and that's part of it. Like, was it Frank? It wasn't Frank Oz, was it? Frank Oz is that...
0: involved in this, but he didn't design the character. Uh, like, but I mean, pu-
1: it's 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 all the same people.
0: It's all the same people. Yeah, Frank Oz is yeah. in here as somebody.
1: Yeah, and the um, the big the big tall thing that roars the wise it, man. His
0: name is... Oh, oh, he's the
1: wise man. Okay. Uh, the was it Ludo? Was his name? The the big tall roaring one. Yeah. Uh, he looked like a wampa with the horns in a different place and a longer tail. Well, I mean, th- th- there's only so much you can do for large, beastie characters. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and granted, like, this isn't, like, at no point did this take me out of the movie and me go, well, I'm not certainly on board because he reminds me of a fiction, another fictional character and that one looks too much like another thing. I, like, it wasn't even that. Those were just, like, my, like, crappy one takes where I was like, <laughs> mm. I wonder if they're just improving on stuff they did earlier.
0: You know, I mean, George Lucas was involved in this too, and he—he right, he was a
1: producer, right? Yeah,
0: he was a producer, and he refused to be interviewed about it because he didn't want to take the spotlight away from Jim Henson. Oh, so,
1: good for him! Yeah,
0: um, yeah. yeah. I
1: just, I got, I got the sense that they were like, okay, these two characters worked in other things. We're gonna make them better and make them better mains here. See, I get who. I get
2: the beast thing, mm-hmm. what you're saying there. I can't... I can see it. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the whole Yoda-Hoggle Yoda thing. thing. Like, that That just doesn't...
1: I think it might be, like, like, the weird shuffly way that he walks and how, like, his English is just a bit different. Like, he speaks a little bit differently than, like... he. It's not, like, conversational English. It's, like, Hoggle English.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, Yoda was never like a suit that somebody wore and no he was walked around in it. because that head is full of metal and wires and cabling so that thing's heavy so anybody walking in that costume is gonna waddle a little bit
1: hold on hoggle
2: waddle waddle it's going they're going oh, no, no, to no. waddle a little bit
1: no no sorry hoggle was like the i, I don't know the mechanics of hoggle To my dumb brain, it just looked like a part. Like they hired like a a five year old, and they were like, just say these lines and like hobble around silly. Is he like actually like a bit of a puppet?
2: That whole head is animatronic.
1: I had no idea.
2: There are so many cables and wires in that thing.
1: See, and this is the stuff I like to learn about. This stuff, like how clever that is.
2: Yeah. So I mean, that that headpiece was incredibly heavy. So anybody wearing that was going to look like that trying to walk anywhere
1: well i also think they built it into his character though because like it was a bit of like an exaggerated kind of like walk that he was doing too like his leg would kick like all the way out so like yeah to to their credit they built it into the character
0: yeah Mm -hmm. well i mean it's a little person playing him with a mask
1: oh is it
0: yeah the actress because i know for like the
1: ewoks it was a mix of like little people and like you know four-year-olds the
0: actress's name was sherry wiser oh to me he looks like did you ever see power rangers turbo turbo power Rangers <laughs> movie. the little wizard yeah. thing at the beginning of that that has to come to earth and they have to go rescue and then like he looks he looks like one of those things <laughs> um,
1: that's fun oh yep i agree i just saw it
0: yeah <laughs> um yep i'm with you so since we brought up george lucas we're gonna play a game now uh, George Lucas had two other projects in the year 1986 that he produced. Can you guys name them? They are not Star Wars related.
2: Indiana yeah. Jones related? No, that's
1: one. I was, that was my one no,
2: guess. No, that's that's
1: no. somebody else. Um, American Graffiti was before Star Wars, wasn't it? Yes. No, I don't. I genuinely. I'll give can. you a hint.
0: One of them. It, was a feature at a, at Walt Disney parks.
1: Captain EO?
0: Captain EO is one of them.
1: <laughs> Captain
0: what? Captain EO, the Michael Jackson it was a musical thing.
1: Ride experience extravaganza, Captain EO. Was that that long music video yeah. where he turns
2: into a car? Yep. Yep. Okay. Got it. That's that's the name of
0: it, Captain. Eno, yeah, yeah.
1: That's the name of the film, Captain. Like the music video thing. Yeah, Captain. That was Eno. even a ride at Disneyland because yeah. you like went into this like darkened theater and like watched. Michael it was Jackson a four D show.
0: I, I have uh, no idea that that was named that. And the other one, Howard the Duck.
1: <laughs> no. Hold on. Was Jim Henson at all involved in the Howard the Duck costume?
0: Uh, that's a good question. I wouldn't question. be
1: surprised and would actually want to watch the movie now.
0: Uh, have you never seen Howard the Duck? Never. Oh man, we're not doing that for the show. <laughs> we can't, no, thank you. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, that's a good question. I think it's going to be
1: one of those moments where you're like, we're doing it next week. Or we're like, no, we're not touching it.
0: No, we need to take a break from making you watch things you've never seen because that's all we've been doing lately. <laughs>
1: Well, I mean, I'm not mad about it because a lot of these are movies I have genuinely wanted to see. Like, Labyrinth has been circling around my, like, sphere of, of consciousness for so long that, like, I. it's the same with Muppet Treasure Island. I just need to watch it.
0: So you haven't seen Muppet Treasure Island yet?
1: I have not, no. Okay.
0: All right. Um, one more. We'll play another game here. Okay. David Bowie is known for th- uh, three feature films on IMDb. Labyrinth is one of them. What are the other two?
1: He was in a space thing, wasn't he?
0: Not. Uh, Maybe I, not
1: his main ones
0: then. That that's probably the fourth one. Uh, the man okay. who fell to Earth.
1: Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Okay. What else was Bowie in? These
0: are both from after the year two thousand. What? Yeah.
1: Wait, was he a voice actor in something? Something animated? These are both
0: live action.
1: Then I, I'm at a loss. Do you know Ryan? I can't name. I can't name them.
0: The first one is Zoolander.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. He's the judge in the runway walk-off.
1: Uh, uh, walk phenomenal. The
0: other is Christopher Nolan's The Prestige, where he plays Nikola Tesla.
1: I forgot that was him. That's right.
2: He's so good in that. Yeah. That one scene.
0: What? I mean, he's in more than me. one scene.
2: It was a joke. It was a joke. And Don't, don't joke.
0: To, don't joke to me about, about, uh, the prestige. It's one of my all time. <laughs> Nolan movie.
2: That's fine. Uh, if it's one of your favorite movies, but still compared to every other actor that's in that movie, he's practically only in what, like four minutes of it. Well, you're not
0: watching closely. <laughs> Uh All right, I think that does it for our Labyrinth episode. Uh, I think it's back to Devin's turn next week. So, Devin, remind us. What are you going to have us watch?
1: All right, so this is based on my Portal 2 pick. Uh, One of the actors, of which there are some great actors in the game Portal 2. Uh, I decided to choose one, Uh, and it's it's J.K. Simmons. He does a movie that I wanted to talk to you two about, For the longest time because I want your take on a lot of specific parts of it. So I have very specific loaded conversation for this next episode. But we're going to watch Whiplash next week. Okay. And I want to hear what you guys think.
0: I've seen it before.
1: Okay, good. And Ryan, you haven't, right? Nope. Okay, good. Because I am so curious to hear if like my read on the movie is just a dumb Devin take and like don't worry about it. Or like, is this genuinely what the movie is trying to say? And in that case, ew.
0: Okay. All right. Well, you can catch that here live next Tuesday. Before then, Devin will be live again playing Portal on our Twitch channel. What, what did you get your time down to yesterday? I forget.
1: So I got it down to 47 minutes. My goal for the challenge is 30 minutes. So I have to knock another, what, 17 minutes off of it. I just downloaded the official kit. Like the official speed running kit for it today. I have like the cool little like sidebar timer now so I know how long everything takes me. I am so legit, guys. It's gonna happen.
0: Okay. Well, make sure to follow us here on Twitch so you can catch that. Uh, I think at some point you and I need to play the portal meets Halo game that is split gate because yes. it is awesome. Um and it's like if you want to get on the ground floor of the next Fortnite, this might be it. Um,
1: oh, is it like that? Is it Battle Royale?
0: Uh, no, it's uh, it's like Team Deathmatch in Halo. Oh, cool. But it's so much fun with the portals. Like I, I'm having a blast with it. Uh, I'm probably going to play that as soon as I get off of here. Um, <laughs> so follow us on Twitch for that. Uh, we will also be doing some fun stream stuff with victims and villains in the next month or so. So make sure to... Uh, like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram to find out more about that. You can also listen to this episode and all of our other episodes of our podcast on all major podcasting platforms. That's Apple podcast, Spotify. Um, audible is one that we never talk about. We're on audible guys. We're on audible. Yeah. And you don't need to spend your credit, but credits.
1: Um, Oh, I love that.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. So until next time where Devin has us watch whiplash for you have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we'll see you next time.